everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hot for Justice. We have a guest star with us today. Yes, it's our first threesome. It's an honor. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm going to say in this capacity, I'm not going to speak for anybody's sex lives, but oh that's either here nor there. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Behind closed doors. Yes. Um, do you want to say a bit about yourself? Introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Jackson. Um, friends with Jamie for a while. We used to work together. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, love love me some cold cases ever since i was a little kid and watched unsolved mysteries and became terrified that not every crime <laughs> got solved right away and it's haunted me ever since excellent mm-hmm. that's exactly what i like to hear yeah. mm-hmm. you know i recently tried to watch unsolved mysteries because it's all on hulu yeah and i couldn't do it like i just couldn't get into it i don't know why i only watch it when i'm recording a case or researching oh, yeah. case that actually is like on Unsolved Mysteries. Like, oh, that's not cool. this week's, but I think next week's is on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, I know. Love it. But, all right. Well, I'm going to go first this week. Yes, you are. And actually, this is kind of funny because I was stalking Jamie's cases, what, like two weeks ago or a yeah. week ago? And I realized that we had both researched the same one <laughs> that I'm about <laughs> to do. <laughs> and so I texted her and I was like, we did the same case but thankfully she was letting me have it um well it's because i had only you. researched like for five minutes i just like threw up like the wikipedia thing and then kinda called it called, a day yeah and then you're like we did the same one i was like fantastic that means i don't have to do anything else because i was just feeling extra lazy <laughs> oh it's, it's good but all right so this week my case is uh jennifer morris so it's um it's like uh, it's unsolved still but it's kind of they have an idea of who did it now at this point they can't really prove anything. So, tell me more. All right. Um, 20 year old Jennifer Morris, she was from Pacific Grove, which is near Monterey, if you guys are familiar Not really with that sure. area. Um, so, she went shopping um, at the Del Monte Shopping Center in January of 1983, and that was the last time anyone ever saw her alive. Um, I guess her mom was supposed to go with her that day, but didn't. And so, her mom, like, obviously felt a lot of guilt about not going with her. Um, because they never they they didn't find her for a really long time her remains um jennifer had um been like seen purchasing a a skirt at one of the stores in the the shopping center um and then there's like nothing they found the skirt like shoved under the seat of her car which her parents said that she wouldn't have done that um and uh so eventually she didn't come home her parents called reported her missing and then they found her 1971 ford pinto still in the the parking lot shop the parking lot of the shopping center but she was just gone i know i barely made it it barely came out right (laughs) perfect (laughs) so um yeah so that was 1983 and her case went cold like they had no leads they had no idea it was like she just vanished and um, in 2011, actually, they found her skeletal remains in a wooded area right behind the shopping center. So she was literally only a few hundred yards from where she had last been seen. But, like, at the time, in 1983, the shopping center wasn't as developed as it, it is now. So it would have been a bit farther away. But, um, in t- like, today, they have expanded, and it was only a couple hundred yards from the parking lot. Wow. Um, yeah, it's sad. So, um, they had to use, obviously, dental records to identify her. It was just her skeleton that they found. Um, they basically said that she had gone to the bank for her mom that day before she went to the shopping center. Um, 
and it looked like basically she was murdered like at the scene um and then taken in like probably taken to the woods and whatever and then killed him off there for a really long time um they really haven't released a lot about like uh, the rest of her case um they're keeping it pretty close to the vest um but then, four years after Jennifer's remains were found, they linked her disappearance to another cold case that they had solved. So, um, this cold case is about a girl named Christina Williams. She was 13 when she was abducted while walking her dog in 1998. So this was 15 years after Jennifer had disappeared. Um, Christina's mom had spotted the dog walking by by itself with the leech, leash still attached um, within like 45 minutes of her daughter leaving the house. Um, they launched like massive searches in the area, but they didn't find her remains for seven months after she went. Shit. Yeah. Um, and she was found less than two miles away from where her house was. It's just sad. Um, the autopsy didn't really like um, give them the cause of death. She was also identified using dental records because by then she was pretty decomposed, I guess. But they do know that um, they they do know who killed Christina and. I think he, let's see, um, the FBI I basically was working the case since she was a child when she went missing, um, and they named Charles Hollowfield as a suspect in both of those killings, and he, he um, basically had multiple convictions for sexual assaulting young women in the Monterey area, so he's just a creep, and he's in prison now for kidnapping um, and he had previously been convicted of raping two teenage girls and rape, like, uh, he was accused of raping a third, all between, like, late 1970 and 1983. Um, huh? Is it Jesus Christ? Yeah, he's, he's a creep, and they have pictures of him online, and he just looks like a creep. I'd rather not look that up, but yeah. thanks, thanks for the info. <laughs> um, they... They charged him with Christina's murder with special allegations for kidnapping, um, lewd acts on a child, as well as, uh, let's see, a second charge of kidnapping with the purpose of sexual assault. Um, they linked him through, like, DNA that they found on her clothes when they found her body. Um, and his trial is set for later this year, and it's a death penalty case. So it's, that's why the trial is taking so long. Makes um, sense. Yeah. Which is interesting because... Uh, I know that California, the governor said that they're like halting all um, executions, so I don't really know if there's a huge point in pursuing the death penalty now. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which is also kind of interesting. I was listening to something about the Golden State Killer, not to like go off on a tangent, but you know, there that's ahead. a that's a death penalty case too, right. but is it worth spending all of that time and extra time and money pursuing the death penalty if they're not actually going to... Well, would they would would they just like convert all those sentences to like life without I think parole? So. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. But I don't know if they can just do that without, like, I th I feel like we have to vote on it, right? When that makes sense. I don't you would think that about most things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Here we are. But you know so. the government doesn't really work that way now, does it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look who's president. So. You're, yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> this is not a politics show. Never mind. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so um, to finish mine off, I don't really know how why they suspect um, this guy Hallfield in Jennifer's disappearance because they really haven't released anything like mm -hmm. anything that would tie him to it. But they must have something if they're, they're like they seem pretty certain that he's that those two cases are connected and he's responsible for both of them. Right. So it's kind of crazy, and he probably had other victims in that time frame because that's 15 years between Jennifer 
and then Christina. Yeah. So I guarantee that he had other victims as Definitely. well. So that's my case for the week. Short and sweet. Yikes. Probably a little all over the place. Yeah, yikes on bikes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Go for it. All right. <laughs> Settle in, everybody. This is a bummer. Uh, they yeah, all actually are. did give yours like a little skimmeroony, and I was like, ooh, oh boy, oh no. <laughs> so you're both uh, primarily Northern Californians. Have you ever heard yeah. of the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker? I had murders? not. I hadn't either okay. until I read your notes. Um, I had only heard about it through um, a really weird source, like a director's commentary mm-hmm. on a DVD for this 80s movie called The Hitcher. Interesting. Um, and he, it was written by a guy named Eric Red who hitchhiked from the East Coast to California to start his movie career. And then when he got here, Yikes. this was happening. Jesus yeah. Christ. I feel like hitchhiking was so popular, and it, it's just such a bad idea. It's crazy to think about, right? Right. Uh, and it was just, it was so common. Yeah. Like, like everybody literally did it. People yeah. did it all the time. Um, yeah. And especially, like, California, we sort of have, like, these echoes now of the counterculture that was so big in the 60s and 70s. I feel yeah. like that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you hear, like, it's almost like a thing in pop culture about hitchhiker murders and like yeah. mm-hmm. all Absolutely. that stuff and i think a lot of that actually comes from what was happening mm-hmm. here so Ooh. i'll get into it uh the santa rosa hitchhiker murder case concerns a series of abductions assaults and murders of young women in santa rosa and sonoma california in the early 1970s uh, there are a total of seven confirmed victims attributed to the killer or killers all young women ranging from early teens to early 20s six of the confirmed victims were identified one is still unidentified uh, the FBI, however, has tentatively linked the unsolved disappearances and murders of at least 12 other victims to the same perpetrators. Wow. Uh, in cases leading all the way up to 1979. Uh, I'm mostly going to talk about the confirmed victims and then primarily the first uh, discovered victim, who okay. was not the first victim to go missing. Hmm. Okie dokie, go for it. Okay, so 1972, two uh, middle school boys are riding their bikes in Santa Rosa, California, near... Enterprise Road. Uh, they see something in a dry creek bed just a few hundred yards off the road. It is the remains of Kim Wendy Allen. Could you imagine? Absolutely not. No. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I would freak out. <laughs> the uh, the case file I was reading was talking about how they thought it was a mannequin and they went down to see uh, what oh it was God. and it was this woman. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Nightmares for literally life. I it's, think that's the crazy. I, I want to know where those kids are and what happened to them. Yeah, um, like that. Like that'll fuck you up for the rest of your entire life. I yeah, can't even, I can't even. Yeah, anyway, no. uh, Kim Allen was a 19-year-old art student at Santa Rosa Junior College. She was last seen by two men who had given her a ride from her job and dropped her off around 5:20 in the afternoon on March 4th, 1972, at the Bell Avenue Highway 101 entrance in Santa Rosa, hmm. where she planned on hitchhiking another ride to school. Um, her body was found the next day by the two boys. Uh, her wrists and ankles were bound, and evidence of sexual assault was present. Cause of death was determined to be strangulation with a cord for up to a half hour. Oh my god. So I think the, the speculation is that the strangulation was occurring while the assault was happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the two men who dropped her off were both questioned. One was given a polygraph. They were both cleared of suspicion, however, due to evidence that would pop up later. Um, of special note, uh, that's going to come up and really blow everybody's mind was uh, this piece of luggage she was carrying was a wood soy barrel and it was carved with these red Chinese characters. So like these decorative Chinese characters. Weird. Yeah. It's very specific. 
Um, that it's 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 crazy. Interesting. So then, soon after that, the body of Lori Lee Kersaw was discovered, a 13-year-old runaway who had been uh, reported missing on November 11th, 1972, but was actually last seen on November 20th. Um, she was in Santa Rosa hitchhiking with a friend. She ran away from her mom while they were shopping at a U Save. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. Some 70s shit. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> it up. Hold on. Shit. <laughs> Um, a possible witness to her abduction later came forward stating that uh, he had seen her being pushed into a van by uh, two Caucasian men uh, driven by a third man with uh, Afro-type hairstyle, was his description. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the 70s, yeah. so, you know, that kind was a thing. Like everybody. <laughs> that surely narrowed it down. Yeah. <laughs> So soon after she was discovered on the 14th, very close to where her remains were, uh, the remains of two 12-year-old girls. Jesus Christ. Who had gone missing the February of the previous year. Oh, wow. Were found. They were actually the first victims to disappear, and then the third found. Fuck. So this is happening Yikes. over, what, like an eight-month span? This is all along, um, basically, you know where Highway 12 sort of goes Absolutely to? Absolutely not. Santa Rosa, <laughs> Sonoma... Um, you, you were on Highway 12 today, weren't you? Yeah, but I don't ever take it that, like, I take it to I was like, you did Fairfield. just take it. <laughs> I did, but I, I usually take it to Highway 80, and then I get off. I don't know how freeways work. Are you trying I to, mean, like, throw her under the bus that she might have done this? Or yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because I was definitely alive then. You look great for you your age. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, good on you for having a baby at your age. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> They've done wonders with cosmetic procedures. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Thank you. It's going to be a tangenty sort of day, I, I feel. Yeah. Well, it's such a fun subject matter. Everybody's just in such a, such a great mood. <laughs> yes. It's excellent. Uh, I was telling Jess earlier, I was like, I'm pretty sure that both of our brains have just been reduced to mashed potatoes this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both had really fucking rough weeks. Sorry to completely derail you. but. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Whatever, whatever helps you decompress. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually going to do it, so continue. You don't think so? No. What do you hear about Teresa Walsh? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, late the following December, 1973, 23-year-old Teresa Walsh was found uh, in Garber or hitchhiking to Garberville for Christmas. Her body was found six days later by kayakers in Mark West Creek. She so been this ho- is all in, like, Sonoma area? Yes. Okay, great. Sonoma, Santa Rosa. Fantastic. She had been hogtied with clothesline, uh, strangled, and was determined to have been dead approximately one week when they found her. I mean, that would make sense. It was, like, what, six days after she was, like, missing? Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Okay, so, um, like I said, all these victims pretty much found in the same manner. Right. Um, but due to some eyewitness testimony and uh, some later theories Mm -hmm. they don't really know if it was a cabal of people or one person with accomplices i'm gonna get into some really crazy uh theories that got thrown out there yes so uh these cases uh never got any real traction like really most of the evidence (laughs) uh they were so like so decomposed and uh that most of them were hitchhikers and runaways there wasn't a lot of pursuit to be had. 
I mean, and I it's guess the seventies. And it's the seventies. And maybe it's they didn't want to like raise like paranoia because yeah. it was all if it's all in the same area, they didn't want to like freak people out. Yeah, I mean, it was California in the seventies. There were serial killers all over the place. Yeah, truly. <laughs> For real. Speaking of other serial killers in California in the oh, 70s. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, in 1975, after these cases had gone and continued to go cold, uh, Sonoma County Sheriff Don Stripke? Stripecki? Sure. Uh, issued a report linking these killings to the Zodiac. Huh. Uh, he posited a connection to the Zodiac killer who was active in San Francisco during these... Uh, during these killings and pointed to details in a note he uh, sent to the San Francisco Chronicle in 1974 that uh, they call the Exorcist Letter. Is that the one with all those like, funky symbols? Yes. Okay, great. So, huh. funny you bring that up. <laughs> Many of the symbols in the letter he sent match symbols on the barrel. Stop. Found <laughs> That's weird. Shut your fucking mouth. On Kim Allen's... The Chinese thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, a lot of those symbols Fuck. matched up, and it could just be coincidence, but it's still very weird. In that same letter, uh, Zodiac claims that he's no longer going to call out his crimes, and he's going right. to start making things look like accidents and like killings of passion, and that he's just going to be out there doing shit. Uh, it's also of note that uh, one of the prime suspects for the Zodiac, Arthur Lee Allen, did live in a mobile home in Santa Rosa at the time the murders occurred. That's weird. I mean, it, it's very fishy, yeah. at, at least. And then one more, uh, just to link again to Kim Allen, mm -hmm. Frederick Minnelli uh, was a creative writing professor at Santa Rosa Junior College at the time she attended. Okay. Uh, he was killed in a car accident in 1976 on Highway 12. It all comes full circle. And when, yeah. ser when searching his belongings, police found intense sexual illustrations he had, he had made of Kim Allen. Ew. And like other kind of weird bondagey shit. Gross. Uh, so I mean, I'm not here to kink shame, but yikes. Yeah, it's yeah. just very strange. Um, also, I just wanted to throw in here to link to uh, a previous episode you guys did. The <laughs> FBI did try to link Ted Bundy mm -hmm. to the murders as he lived in Marin County for a little bit at the time, but credit card records showed that he was in uh, Washington State okay. at the time of the murders. Sure. <laughs> he got around, Ted. Yeah, yeah he, he really did, though. Like, he traveled a lot. Yeah, he was all over the place. Yeah. But that's fucking bananas. Right? And it's it's just, it's it's really spooky shit, um, some of the stuff that goes through where there's just no no answer. To like the, you have no idea. To the point that the cops are like, I don't know, Zodiac, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Like, <laughs> Maybe makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, insert that meme of that like little blonde girl with the pigtails, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what always makes me think, I, um, I had a uh, abnormal psychology professor, mm -hmm. and we were talking about serial killers, and he was... Was that the name of the class, or was he abnormal? Uh, little A, little B. Okay, great. <laughs> thought, thought I'd ask. <laughs> uh, but he was, uh, he said something that always really stuck with me, that the only time we ever even know there is a serial killer active is when they fuck up. So... Yeah, that's so true. There's that like, hurt my brain a little bit. Yeah, they're constantly, <laughs> like, we don't even know about the ones that are, like, really no. active and really crushing it. I, I think <laughs> I was listening to something about serial killers that they were saying there's probably like a hundred active serial killers in the United States at a given time yeah. that you just don't know. You wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. Anyway, do not hitchhike, everybody. Uh, it's 2019. Oh, I think that's hopefully nothing. Just get fucking Uber, okay? If you go like really far north, like past Reading and stuff, you see hitchhikers all the time. 
Why don't go up there? It's so. wild. Yeah, don't. I wouldn't. I just don't. It blows my mind that people still will hitchhike. Because I feel like so many of these stories that you hear on like our podcast or other podcasts are pretty much people hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they fucking end up dead in a ditch somewhere. And right. it's like... Why did you think getting in a car with a stranger was a good idea? I mean, like, in the 70s, I could see, like, it was just so, like, such a thing. Like, everybody does well, this, and everybody's fine. Around the, like, that yeah, the time. but, like, yeah. now we know better, and yeah. people still do it. Yeah. <laughs> Close my bus. mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's options. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, just to wrap it up, the case went cold, cold by 1980. Uh, DNA evidence brought to light during the reopening of the Golden State Killer mm-hmm. case gave some hope of reexamining the evidence, but nothing new has come to light. That's unfortunate. But yeah. you never know with that. Yeah, because like, like, every other day I feel like something crazy is like happening with DNA. I was actually just listening to a podcast this morning uh, that was done this last week by the New York Times Daily. Mm-hmm. I never listened to it, but my buddy Brandon, um, I think he listens to this, hey dude, um, <laughs> recommended it. He was like, oh, you're going to fucking love it. Um, they did a two-part series on, uh, I'm going to get the name of it, A New Way to Solve Murder. Uh, it's like... Uh, the future of genetic privacy and like all of that stuff it's basically talking about how like those like dna databases like how they're getting so wide now yeah and like, everything's just like completely changing it's yeah oh, we're heading into like a minority report situation yeah i know i wish stop that anyways um <laughs> fantastic <laughs> um so now mine is a it's two girls that were that went just dis- that went missing in december of 1978 uh, they went to the mall to shop for Christmas presents. Uh, their names are Carrie Graham and Francine Trimble, uh, 15 and 14-year-olds, respectively. Uh, they left their Forestville, California homes to go to the Cottingtown Mall in Santa Rosa, coincidentally. Um, their bodies wouldn't be discovered, however, until July 8th of the next year. The skeletal remains of the two teenage girls were discovered by a couple who had pulled off of Highway 20 near the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, that was a goddamn mouthful, <laughs> um, which was about 80 miles from their hometown of Forestville, and 12 miles from Willits, if you guys are familiar with like where that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. I remember I, my uh, my husband has some family. We don't talk about You guys talked anymore. about this. Yeah. <laughs> we, Sorry. We didn't do this. <laughs> I faltered a little. I stopped, but I had to finish. He has some family <laughs> there. Um, Sorry, Zach. Yeah. Um, there, there's your shout out for the day, babe. There you go. We all uh, love you, Zach. Sure. It's his birthday. I should be nice to him. Uh, um, so this couple, they pull off the road. They had gotten to a fight and pulled off the road to get some air, and one of them discovered a human skull sticking out of the ground on a creekside embankment of an overgrown area of the woods. Oh, more of these kids. I know. Well, luckily, like, these people, like, were adults, so it was, like, probably less jarring, maybe? Mm. Maybe. Questionable. Uh, they marked the road with a soda can and made their way to Willits to report the crime. Uh... Mendocino County sheriffs had searched the area where the skull was found and proceeded to find about 90% of the remains of the two girls, although they didn't know it yet. Yeah. Uh, both girls had been found had been bound with duct tape and buried in plastic garbage bags. There was no evidence to lead investigators to believe the girls had been killed there, so it was thought that they were killed elsewhere and their bodies had been concealed there later. You sounded like you had a question. Okay, I thought you... <laughs> never mind. Uh, ba 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 uh, the time of the discovery of the remains, the sheriffs did not have an ID on them, as the bodies were so badly decomposed. Uh, their bones and DNA evidence was sent for forensic examination by the county coroner, and the initial examination didn't yield much, other than the following. The girls were about 14 and likely, or the victims, excuse me, were 14 and likely Caucasian, and their the approximate date of murder was December 8th of 68. Um, so, seven months prior. Wow. I wow. really had to think about that. <laughs> Uh, you guys are getting so much better at math. Thanks. I appreciate that. 
I can't get that in writing. <laughs> Uh, so the original coroner didn't uh, determine the genders of the bodies, so, forensic, so a forensic pathologist was called in, and they determined that one victim was definitely female and the other was a male. They uh, So Carrie's body was misidentified as oh, male. Oh, wow. Um, they believed at first that the victims were most likely related and possibly even brother and sister. Uh, so forensic pathology is mostly just bone guessing. Uh-huh. Like, there's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is like late 70s bone guessing, yeah. so... <laughs> You know, things weren't great back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they weren't but the music was so good. <laughs> so That's great. That's true. <laughs> um, they were unable to determine a definitive cause of death as the remains were so badly decayed, but there was no evidence of trauma on what was there, so they could not rule out the potential that the girls had been strangled. So that's kind of like the biggest theory is that they were strangled, but there's like no hard evidence on that. Um, six years later, in 1985, uh, the Mendocino County Sheriff's Department handed the case to the FBI to see if they could glean anything else from the evidence, uh, which was to no avail. In the 1990s, several attempts were made at facial reconstructions of the victims, which were released to the media to see if they could be identified, but this also yielded no results. Um, I'm also going to, when we do the like posts on Instagram and Facebook for these, I'm going to put all the different composites and facial reconstructions, because they're wild. Like, they're so wrong. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, they're awful. <laughs> um... About a decade later, the bodies were exhumed several times in between 2000 and 2011 to try to identify the victims and bring justice to them. The first exhumation in 2000 is when investigators were able to determine that the victims were fa- in fact not related and that were both were likely female, thanks to a forensic, forensic odontologist named Jim Wood. This ex- exhumation was done in an, uh, as an incarcerated man in New Jersey had falsely confessed to the murders. He was only briefly considered to be a suspect, and the biggest reason he was removed from the list was because he would have only been 12 at the time of the crimes, and according to his family and his own accounts later on, he had never left New Jersey in his like entire life. <laughs> so he was honestly just kind of batshit crazy. Like, yeah, he was home. That's weird. Yeah, and he was literally 12. <laughs> like, Terminals can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, yes. I listened last week. <laughs> I listened last week. Oh my god, thanks. <laughs> um... About a year later, mitochondrial DNA analysis confirmed Jim Wood's findings, so that they were both women. Um, so, again, 1970s yeah. technology really fucked up, truly. Um, during this really t- bone-shaming her. <laughs> <laughs> you have man bones. It, it's, right? I, it's, this is really fucked up to say, but it's kind of funny, because she had, like, really short hair, too. Mm. So, like... Well, and, like, pre-pubescent, like, I'm right. sure yeah. they're very similar, but... Yeah, but goddammit. I think the 70s <laughs> lack of, like, forensic savvy is probably why there's so many serial killers that got away with uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> it was, like, brand new, like, a brand new field. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, a lot of them just, like, weren't even doing it right. Like, they were just like, cool, let me just pick this up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, da 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 uh, so around this time, more digital facial reconstructions were made, most notably in 2012 when a 3D reconstruction was released by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. This was probably the most accurate reconstruction that had been made, like, thus far. Um, during this time, they were during this examination, it had been confirmed that the victims were most likely between 13 and 15 when they were killed, um, even though that they had ignored the fact that her skull was clearly female. Like, <laughs> it, it make it, this makes no sense. Uh, in 2012, the 2012 process was actually recorded and funded by the BBC in a docuseries called Naming the Dead. Did you watch it? I did not. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it. I do too. Um, I, there's, it's like a multiple parter. It, it's a lot of hours of shit, and they cover a lot of other things too. So I was just honestly not. Well, yeah, yeah. 
it's hard to have time to sometimes to yeah fit in. Um, it wasn't until 2014 that Carrie Graham's Carrie Graham's remains were confirmed 100% to be female. So this the whole time they were like, it might be a girl. I don't know. Um, her sister Kelly was contacting the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children because she thought that it was possible that one of the victims might have been her sister who had gone missing around the time of the murders. Um, the, her sister had also mentioned that Francine had disappeared on the same day that Carrie had. November 2015, DNA analysis confirmed Carrie's sister's suspicion almost exactly 30 years after the girls had gone missing. Wow. A few months later, the remains of the girls were given to the appropriate family members, and one of which had the following to say. Um, that the families had largely resigned themselves to the fact that foul play was an extremely likely reason the girls had disappeared. Both families were glad to know that the girls' bodies had been identified in order um, to have a dignified burial. Uh, again, it only took 36 goddamn years. Yeah, not to yeah. know for almost 40 years. Yeah, That's that terrible. Yeah. sibling was murdered. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I don't have siblings, but I can only imagine. Yeah. I have two, and it would be... Well, that'd be sad. <laughs> kind <laughs> of. Depending on which one. Excellent. <laughs> if you guys are listening, names. try to guess which one to use. <laughs> Please share this with them. <laughs> um... There's a lot of speculation about the murders. Um, oh, by the way, they had, like, at the time, like, no leads on, like, who did it, anything. So now that they, the bodies are confirmed and there's more information, there's speculation that the murders of Carrie and Francine could be the work of Gerald and Charlene Gallego, a.k.a. the sex slave killers. They were active in Northern California, Oregon, and Nevada between 1978 and 1980. The pair have ten confirmed victims that have been attributed to them, most of which were teenage girls that have been kept as sex slaves prior to their murders. Yeah. Um, their other victims include a young man who was engaged to one of their victims, as well as an unborn child that was one of the one of the young women was carrying at the time that she was killed. The timeline, general location, and MO seem to be a good fit for the Gallegos. However, there isn't a lot of hard evidence that proves that it's them. The rumors um, that state there are rumors that state that Gerald and Charlene were living in Texas at, during December of 1978. But again, there's not really a lot of proof of that. Like, there's no credit card statements, no no one to confirm or deny that. Um, that's just word of mouth. Um, Gerald had died while he was awaiting execution in St. Quentin. Um, Charlene served 16 and a half years as part of a plea deal and was released in pri- released from prison in Nevada in 1997. That's all? Mm-hmm. So, so she basically just said, like, oh, yeah, he totally did it. Of course she's going to say that. Yeah. Ew. I mean, honestly, like... Is she still alive? Do they know? Uh, yeah. Does she just kind of owe? She's still bopping around, maybe, probably in Nevada. That she was in a Nevada state penitentiary. Ew. Yeah. Nevada is gross, you're right. <laughs> Tough but fair. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's great. It's <laughs> Sorry if you're from Nevada and you're listening. I apologize to half of my family that lives in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> the gross I, half. I don't, think they listen, I don't think they listen to this, so it's fine. They'll never know. <laughs> oh my god. And if you are, sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. Um... So there's also been speculation that this could have been the work of another serial killer, Rodney Alcala, a.k.a. the dating game killer. I had never heard of him. I had heard, heard of, of him. Really? Yeah, because I watched a show on Oxygen called Mark of a Killer, and they featured, I think they featured him. I think you told me about the show and that I should yeah. watch it. I just have not yet. Yeah. It's um, good. I saw something about this guy, too. Yeah. Okay. And he's, a f- he's um, they do him on an episode of My Favorite Murder. Oh! Okay, that could be, okay, great. Yeah. So uh, he was also active during 
Northern California during the 70s and has five confirmed victims. He's often compared to Ted Bundy as he would use his looks and charm to attract and gain the trust of women that he would then attack. He gets his nickname from the fact that he appeared on an episode of the TV show The Dating Game in 1978. When he was arrested, detectives found thousands of photographs of young women and teenage boys in sexual positions, and at least a few of the photos were of his confirmed victims. This led investigators to believe that his body count is actually much higher than five, but he's refused to admit to anything else. Um, again, timeline, location, and MO match, but there's no nothing to substantiate that it was him. Uh, he's currently awaiting uh, his execution on, at St. Quentin. So do they, do they just, like, not, I mean, do you think that they just didn't handle this case right from the beginning? Absolutely and, like, not. there's, there could have been evidence that there's not now yeah. to use because of that? Because yeah. it seems like they're all over the place on this case. Yeah, like, it's fucking wild. And, like I said, they exhumed the bodies, That's I think, sad. six times between 2000 and 2011. Yeah. That is horrible. Yes. That is, that, that is, like, that like, is insane. Yeah, and, like, like I said, they misgendered somebody for 30 fucking years. Yeah. Like, that's yeah it's pretty terrible i mean you said they didn't even confirm confirm it was a female until 2014 right which when they confirmed when they like cross-referenced her dna with her own sister who was like i think that's my fucking sister we shouldn't have even taken that long either so like honestly i think it was just like lazy police work and all of that but that's neither here nor there yeah anyway so on that bummer of a fucking note (laughs) yeah for real pretty big bummer yeah um because, I mean, all these are un- unsolved still, so, yeah. We'll leave phone numbers and shit yeah. if you know anything or know anyone that might know something. The huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any closing thoughts or feelings? I feel like there's so many serial killers that I don't know about. Yeah. There are. In Northern Cal- more just in Northern California. <laughs> don't hitchhike. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else, Jess? No. Okay, fabulous. Um... Stay tuned. Well, oh, I guess I do. Thanks to Jackson, our guest star. Yes, thanks for being here. Thank you for our having me. Our number one fan. <laughs> Hope I didn't ruin the show. Absolutely. Um, if anyone did, it was me with my all over the place story. So sorry about it this week, guys. It's fine. We're all over the place today. <laughs> you know, our brains are broken. Um, yeah, so that's all we have. Um, stay tuned for Wednesday. I think we're going to be dropping something else yep. fun this week. Surprise! Ooh. We won't tell you. You'll have to listen and find out. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, because it actually does help with us popping up in, like, like, charts and, like, searches, I found out. So... Please do it. Leave us ratings wherever you listen. It takes three minutes. Not not even. Yeah. It takes, like, three seconds. Like, literally. (laughs) Like, just scroll down a little bit, and there's, like, stars. Click five of them. (laughs) (laughs) Please. You can leave us some commentary if you want. I mean, again, be nice. Jess is pregnant and very emotional. Yeah, I'll cry. No, not really. I'll just get mad. I'm in a, a week this week where I'm just mad all the time. <laughs> just actually same. I've just been, like, on one week. Yep. So, anyways. Um, yeah, so that's all I have. Um, see you Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.